welcome to today's Newsroom Special with Liam Riley. There was a time when haemophilia was seen as a life sentence. A simple cut or fall could be life-threatening. According to leading haematologist Dr. Dan Hart, it only takes two or three bleeds for a child with the condition to develop premature arthritic joints, pain and disability later in life. However, advances in modern medicine over the past 30 years have dramatically enhanced the lives of those with the bleeding disorder. Despite these developments, the Haemophilia 180 report, which was presented in Parliament, explores the challenges faced by teens and young adults living with the disorder today. The report has been created based on an extensive series of first-hand interviews with people who deal with severe Haemophilia A on a daily basis. Commonwealth gold medalist and founder of Haemophilia charity Little Bleeders, Alex Dowsett, joined us on the line alongside Dr. Dan Hart to discuss the report on the day of its presentation to Parliament and why teenagers and young people with this condition can live long and healthy lives. Can we start with you, Dr. Dan? Can you just start by telling us a bit about what exactly haemophilia is? So haemophilia is, is a rare condition, but an important condition to recognise early for families because it uh, puts a little boy, uh, and it's predominantly boys that are affected, at risk of spontaneous bleeding, which can be very difficult to control and can be potentially life-threatening. Um, but in the age of being able to diagnose, once we're diagnosed, we can uh, actually replace the missing clotting factors and, and reduce risk. Um, so that's it's one of a number of different inherited bleeding disorders that we look after, um, but an important one to highlight in the report today that we're launching at Parliament this afternoon. Right, so what challenges are being faced by young people as highlighted in that report? So one of our main concerns, although the medicine is available across the country, there's an inequity in access to some of the surround uh, support around physical therapy with physiotherapists uh, that understand haemophilia uh, and also some of the psychological support uh, the impacts on both family and young boys heading through schools uh, and then into um, young adulthood uh, so it's not all about the medicine it's it's about perception and making sure that uh, there's kind of an equal playing field uh, for young boys as they grow up uh, to achieve their ambitions. Right, and talking about perception, Alex, you have the condition yourself and yet you're an elite athlete. I imagine people are surprised when they find out that you have the condition. I certainly was. Yes, um, it's, you know, it's been a funny old story where it's actually my haemophilia that put me on a bike and has been the catalyst to where I am today. Um, There's a lot I wasn't allowed to do in school, which is, is very different to how things are today, but I was at the start of this change in in the mentality of haemophilia and so I, I set about trying to prove what I could do which we yeah, have which put me on a bike and has led to led to this today mm, so how different is your day-to-day life because of the condition um it's no different to anyone else except that I have to have an injection every every second day but to be honest when I've when you've been having that for as long as you remember it's a it's a little like eating your cereal in the morning it's <laughs> it's just routine um but then after that i I conduct my day like anyone else would or any other professional athlete would, which I think in, I am in a reasonably risky environment. crashes do happen, and I'm not treated by my team any differently to any of my teammates, which I think is a strong message going back to the playground where if I'm in a high risk environment not being treated any differently, then a youngster in school in the school playground shouldn't be treated any differently to anyone else and that that's the fundamental message behind the 180 report is that it's an about turn in the mentality towards haemophilia so in terms of sport you don't have to take any extra precautions again i'm i'm surprised about that myself the usual perception of haemophilia the a lot of people have i think is that it's people are quite fragile 
and that's that's how it used to be and it's not how it is now the advances in the medication are huge and it is enabling you know the, the biggest problem now is writing the writing the misconceptions and delivering the message that it's hemophilia is is it shouldn't hold you back at all it's um you know i think some respect still has to be given you know seeing a hemophiliac in a boxing ring or on a rugby pitch is is possibly we're not there yet but there's as proven by myself and uh jack bridge who's an, who's a very high level swimmer um it's there's a there's a lot we can do now and that's and that's the message we're we're pushing mm. and you founded the little bleeders charity can you tell us a bit about that little bleeders was founded quite a few years ago and we've uh, we have two aims and the first is within the uk and that's to encourage uh, the young hemophilia generation to be more active you know our our, our strap line is move more be more and you know, we're of the mentality that sort of wrapping your kids up in cotton wool and putting them on the sofa in front of a playstation or television could be about as dangerous as putting them on a rugby pitch um further afield you know the the disparity between the medication we get in the uk and what's given a, a sort of to third world countries is something we want to address in the long run um because it's you know we're very fortunate with the nhs here and the level of care provided by hemophiliacs and definitely it's it's a bit of luck of the draw in what country you're born in as mm. to the level of, level of care you receive Okay, and Dr. Dan, as you mentioned before, the Haemophilia 180 report is to be presented to Parliament. So what would you like to see the government do? So in terms of the access to care um, that the NHS provides, you know, we have a, an excellent network of haemophilia uh, centres dotted around the country. Uh, but I think we also need to be mindful that there's still variation in, in access to some of the wraparound care, the, the physiotherapist access, the psychology access, and, and just, uh, you know, making sure that we're all benchmarked so every family in the country, wherever they live, can be confident they're getting as excellent care as they are uh, in, in somewhere, some other part of the country. So uh, that confidence uh, that families can gain for that individual then to be, remain confident in what they want to achieve in their life. Right, and if people want to find out any more information, is there anywhere they can go? So the littlebleeders.com is obviously a, a, an excellent place to really learn about Alex's charity and, and the advocacy, uh, re really fabulous um, uh, charity to, to encourage uh, the, the young new families to, to have a vision for the future. And the Haemophilia Society uh, and Haemophilia Scotland uh, are, are both uh, very important advocacy groups uh, that will give you a wide range of advice around haemophilia. OK, Dr Dan Hart and Alex Dowsett, thank you very much for your time. Thank you. Thank you. Across West Yorkshire, Manchester and Glasgow, this is Sunrise Radio on FM, DAB, online, mobile, tablet and TV.